Maricela was never comfortable sharing John's limelight, and at the Lincoln Center tribute for Houston at Avery Fisher Hall the following night, it was Gladys Hill who laughed with him at the reminiscences of Richard Burton, Lauren Bacall, and Bill Malden. Guests received a stage bill with an introduction written by the New Yorker's Brendan Gill. One can imagine John Houston as a superlatively persuasive 19th-century confidence man, Gill wrote, striking up an acquaintance with some suggestible innocent on the dock of a Mississippi River steamboat and at once proposing to sell him a hundred acres of land on the very river bank past which the boat is gliding. The energy that emanates from him is charged with melodrama. Though silent, the message is unmistakable. Take care. Something is about to happen. Gill went on to describe Houston's world as one of male virtues, a world in which women often turn out to be hazardous distractions. He praised Houston's forty-year-long career and his zest for life. There he stands, his shaggy white beard held high above the crowd, and we do well to salute him. Critic Andrew Saris agreed with Gill in a piece he wrote for the Village Voice. The honor to Houston was long overdue, he wrote, and I write this quite candidly as one of his erstwhile non-admirers. I could not help wondering whether he was the god of light or the god of darkness. Probably he was a tantalizing mixture of both, capable of both tenderness and cruelty, in equal measure. He then proceeded to revise his opinions of Houston's more neglected films, Heaven Knows Mr. Allison, The Unforgiven, with the racist intensity of The Searchers and a fiery performance by Audrey Hepburn, The Kremlin Letter, with its remarkable, sophisticated awareness of evil in every facet of life, The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, and The Macintosh Man, a work of pitiless nihilism. The salute, shown on public television, consisted of a photomontage of John's life, plus excerpts from nineteen of his films, along with six in which he appeared as an actor. There was a party on the stage at the end of the tribute, and Joan Bach, who had been invited by Lauren Bacall, stood next to John and began to feel somewhat odd. "'People came up to me and started calling me Ricky,' she said. Others were calling me Angelica. Some thought I was Cece. There was this legendary thing about John— where time stopped and things were just floating around. Angelica heard from Buck about the party and wished she could have been there, but she was in Santa Barbara working on a small part as a lion tamer in Nicholson's next film, The Postman Always Rings Twice, and could only watch it on TV.